What is up, everybody? Sean Sheehan back here with another edition of the Sheehan Show for Sherdog.com. And today, the card I'm going to be previewing this weekend is Bellator 276. And it's a bit of a change for me this time uh, for Bellator. The last one, Bellator 275, was in my uh, beautiful home country of Ireland. And I knew all the fighters pretty well and looked into their opponents. It was a nice, easy one. And this one, this is a little bit different. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, a, a lot of fighters on this card, there's a good few fights in it, but not the most well-known fighters throughout this at the very top of the division. There are some very good fighters, and we will get into them, and some nice fights as well, uh, which I like. But this isn't one with, you know, a title fight or multiple title fights or anything like that. There are uh, one, maybe two uh, title eliminators, and it's it, look, it's not the worst card in the world, not the best card in the world, but we will uh, we, we will get into it as we as we go. I think it's important for Bellator as well that these cards, you know, they actually, like, they perform, if you want to put it that way. Because, like, it's easier for Bellator to go to Ireland, right? You put a few Irish people on the card, you put Musassi on the top of the card, you have Lee McCord versus Sinead Kavanagh, and it's you have the Irish crowd, and it's going to be amazing. We all know that. You know, you put MVP on a card over in London... It's not going to be as good as, as Dublin. I think the the English crowd haven't taken to Bellator the way Ireland has, I think. Um, and there's multiple reasons for that. We were, I was actually discussing with someone uh, at Bellator, and it's I think it's a lot got to do with, um, you know, England is more kind of distorted in terms of their areas in the country. Whereas, like, you know, if you're in Manchester, you might like Liverpool. If you're in Liverpool, you might like London. You know, And it's a lot to do with the Premier League and stuff like that. In Ireland, we don't so much have that. We have, obviously, the rivalries in our local sports, GA and things like that. But, you know, someone from down my side of the country uh, in Limerick, they're an MMA fan, and they see Sinead Kavanagh, they support her, they see Liam McCourt, or they see James Gallagher from up in, in Tyrone, or they see Peter Queeley from Waterford. If they like the person, they will support them, and they will they will go that way. And it's it's great for, for those cars, and it's, it's big over here. But outside of that, you need kind of big names. You need big title fights. And the Bellator kind of have done a good job of doing that. You know, those tin pole events that uh, Scott Coker spoke about putting on, they kind of still are doing them and they're making some very good cards. The fight coming up with uh, the featherweight and light heavyweight title fights on it, I believe. We'll obviously get to that in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and as I mentioned, the London card as well is really, really good. UFC have a great London card coming up. But these in-between cards, Bellator, I think, they, they need to do... No, a better job of these, I think. A little bit of a better job, anyway. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I expect the, the sun, moon, and stars from Bellator on these, but I like this one. I like this fight at the top uh, between Adam Barrocks and Matt, Mads Burnell, which we will get to in a second. But um, Bellator, I feel like, right, sometimes they have cards and, you know, they have it on the same night as the UFC and it's not a great card where they could have it the night before if they wanted to you know or they have it uh, <laughs> they have their big cards and then they put them on, on, on a weird time or they, they, I don't know I feel it sometimes in Bellator and I like Bellator I like a lot of what they're doing I like the people there especially you know their PR and everything is very very good it feels like and it's not always easy as well because of the televisions and, and timings and everything like that. But I feel like some of the big decisions, either they're making them wrong or they're forced to be made wrong uh, by scheduling things like that. And it's holding them back a little bit because I feel like Bellator, especially with what they've done over here, 
Um, and especially with the way they've built up some of their fighters that they've got, namely like the likes of Musasi, namely Pitbull, AJ McKee and others as well. They could be taking advantage of them a little bit more and making it a little bit bigger. You know, I think they could like cage warriors over here in, in this part of the world. And I'm not saying it does it all over the world. and It's different for Bellator, but they've done a great job of making it easy for the fans to watch, making the product what the fans know they're going to get. They know they're going to get some of the best prospects coming through. They know they're going to get good matchmaking. They know the prospects that they want to see coming through are going to come through. And it's going to be on, uh, you know, a Saturday night before the UFC or it's going to be on at a good time, you know. And it's easier for them, absolutely, because they can kind of dictate them themselves. I'm sure the UFC being on Fight Pass would have a little bit of a say in it. But all in all, they, they can do that, whereas Bellator can't. But I would... I would love Bellator to maybe fight a little bit more or not even Bellator. Maybe it's Viacom, maybe it's Showtime, wherever it is, to make the cards a little bit more consumable, make it a, make it a little bit easier to get and, and all of that and make it just a little bit cleaner. And this is, this is, uh, no, this is kind of first world problems I'm talking about here because Bellator before, we used to be able to even watch it here. It used to be on tape delay. There used to be a whole raft of problems and I understand it takes a, a while for these problems to kind of start, start themselves out and they've done an awful lot of it. So absolutely patting the back to Bellator for a lot of those things and hopefully the other things which I mentioned which are just kind of timings, maybe card layouts a little bit and maybe making special cards at special times and when it's a card like this, I'd love to see him going back to Friday. I'd love to see him on a Thursday. And, you know, th- those are the days. You avoid the UFC, avoid the, you know, WWE or AEW or avoid the weekends and uh, make it special and make people have a reason to stay in a Friday night and watch Bellator. But I digress. Let's get into the card and talk about it. Um, I, I will try to talk, uh, you know, c- talking about all these Bellator cards and looking through all their fighters, looking through way, ways they put their cards together. I will every so often do a little bit of what I just did there and, you know, the state of Bellator maybe and uh, and the way they're going. Another thing I want to do as well, I want to highlight some of the very, very good up-and-coming prospects that Bellator have. And there's a couple on this card which I, I want to take a look at, and one especially. Now, before I do that, Starting off uh, the card, uh, there's a, a lightweight and a bantamweight fight. The lightweight fight, uh, Dan Bush 4-1 and one against uh, Josh Augustine 5-2. and two. Then Trevor Ward 6-5 and five against 10-5 and five, John Howard. Um, and also a welterweight bout, uh, Roman Fernaldo, who looked very, very good uh, in his last time out. He's fighting Kelvin Rayford. Um, Fernaldo is, um, he's fighting out of American top team. Uh, and he's had his last three fights in, uh, in Bellator, the last of which was last November. He won if people remember that big uh, flying knee knockout and he's definitely definitely one to watch here um, as well and what Bellator do very very well is get guys like him another couple of guys I'm going to mention uh, Romero Cotton and Cody Law as well especially is the one I want to uh, single out here especially they every almost every single card they have a very good undefeated or near undefeated prospect on the card so you can see them so they're out there so they're getting reps so they're getting more fights in, so they're getting more experience and honestly I think Bellator do that better than anywhere else you know they really really do that in a very very good way there's no other obviously the UFC is, is the, the top of the game right now and there's look there's some very good ones as well like obviously Cage Warriors and I'm sure CFFC and others do it in America and the people you know covering that scene will be able to tell you more about that than, than I would but Bellator do a great job of showcasing, showcasing these very very good up and coming fighters on the undercards of these fights and get get them the uh 
you know the experience in front of crowds as well I've, I've talked to a lot of Irish fighters here and they've talked about you know their first fight in the tree arena their first fight in front of a big crowd how different it is to fighting in you know a local GA hall here or a bingo hall over in America or you know it's, it's very very different those big lights those big crowds even if the crowds aren't totally in even if there's only you know a thousand or two thousand people in there there's a big difference between that and the wide open spaces as well of the arena then you know a small theater or a small you know a local sports hall or whatever it might be um and that is well needed for these sort of lads um I'll get to Cody Law in a second. He's fighting Johnny Soto. Uh, but Romero Cotton, he's also a very, very good uh, prospect coming through. He's fighting out of AKA. Um, his last fight was in, in Bellator. Uh, it, it was 2020 now. It's, it's a good while since he's been in there. But, you know, he's four of his uh, five fights. He's finished inside the distance. All of his fights ha- have, been in, uh, have been in Bellator. So it's great to see him coming back there. And uh, he's going to be fighting Freddie uh, Sandoval, who is five and six in his career so look it's it's a fight he's easing back in after a, a while out you know Sandoval hasn't fought since 2009 here looking on uh, and sure like he beat Drew Fickett back in the day so that's uh, that's a, a very very interesting one he's been out of the cage for a long time so it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see uh, how that one goes uh but Cody Law I went back and watched a few of his fights today and a few of his highlights like, this guy can do it all. You know, obviously, his wrestling background, he gets you against the cage and takes you down or takes you down in the middle of the cage. He's devastating. He, you know, his his ground and pound is unbelievable. His elbows on the ground. You know, I think it was the Colton Ham fight where he took him down and he was just devastating on top. Watching another one of his fights then... On the feet, he just looked so good. He looked sharp on the feet. Was landing lots of big shots. Um... And he, look, he looks like one of those guys as well that's just confident in all areas. You know, you see some guys and they're very good wrestlers or they're very good strikers and maybe, you know, the good wrestlers and maybe they're not that confident uh, with their striking. The good uh, strikers, maybe they're not that confident with their wrestling. But he looks to a guy like me who looks really, really confident in all areas and he looks uh, to me as a guy who can go all the way. He really does. He looks like a guy who... Uh, the the quicker he rises, I think the better he will get. Now, Bellator don't rise guys too quickly unless your name is uh, unless your name is Aaron Pico. Um, but I'm um I'm looking forward to seeing him fight at the weekend. He's fighting uh, Johnny Soto, who is four and two. You know the 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 next guy up. He's um, you know, he's had a couple of fights in Bellator. Went one and two. Beat uh, Weber Almeida uh, in his first fight, which is a, a very very good win for him there. Fought a you know a few times around the the local scene before that. One loss in CFFC and he's opening a fight back in two thousand and nineteen, I think it was. Uh, so look, he'll be a test for Cody Law, but you'd have to expect uh, Cody to to come through that one again uh, with flying colours. Uh, one of the other prospects on the card is uh, Diana um, Av Saragova, who uh, you know we all know because got a, a lot of acclaim I suppose when she signed uh, for Bellator uh, not, not too long ago she's now um, 2-0 in Bellator 4-0 uh, 
overall a close decision the last time out last summer she fought so she's been a while out of the cage now she fought Gabriella Gulfin backed in and she's fighting Ashley Dean uh, this time out um, she uh, fought uh, Jasmine Jandavikius who's fought in the UFC since uh, that fight back in um, back in March of last year so uh, she's been a while out of the cage as well almost uh, almost a year to the day she, in fact it is a year to the day I think it's the 12th of March this fight is isn't it yeah so exactly one year out of the cage uh, she has some experience in her in her young career so far she's fought Julia Villa okay she lost that fight and she lost to Jandavikius as well but it was a, a decision she went there with, uh, with her so um, some experience but obviously not the, the best record uh, in the world uh a test though without a shadow of a doubt after a tough test last time out as well uh for her so i'm looking forward to see seeing how uh she reacts uh to to that one um as we go up to Cardin, I, I assume this will be towards the, the main card, if not the, the top of the prelims. Uh, you've Derek Anderson against Coyote uh, Yamauchi. You know, Anderson has been around Bellator for a long, long time now. This will be his 22nd fight. You know, 12 finishes inside the distance out of his, uh, out of his 17 wins. Lost to Michael Venom Page last time out back in the summer of last year. Feels like everyone fought in the summer of last year uh, as well. But, you know... I remember previewing that fight and talking about it and talking about how Derek Anderson is a good fighter but not in the level of MVP and I kind of stand by that one. You know, he has some very good wins. He's beat Saeed Awad. He's beaten uh, Patricky. He's obviously been in there with Martin Held as well and the former champion Bryn Primus beaten Patricky twice actually. Uh, you know, he's beaten Brandon Gertz. So he's had some very, very good wins. He's a good fighter and he can fight, you know, all, all the way around. And I think it's a, it's a good matchup here now for Yamauchi who's doing really, who's been doing well over the last while. You know, he's, this, he's 37 second fight obviously he lost to, to Dan Murray who's looked very very good uh, in Bellator um, around this time last year he bounced back with a win over Christopher Gonzalez but you know he's beaten Saeed Awad too beaten Daniel Veitchel beaten Darren Khrushchank. Um you know he had the loss to uh, Michael Chandler back in 2018 after wins over uh, Adam Piccolotti and others and you know we've seen how good Adam Piccolotti looked a couple of weeks ago looked absolutely fantastic so that win looks better and better every time but you know uh, Yamauchi, we know what he's going to do here. He's 20 submissions in his record. He's going to be looking to take the fight to the ground. He's going to be looking to get uh, the finish here. Um, uh, but it's been tough over his last, you know, his last few fights in terms of getting rear naked or, or in terms of getting submissions. Okay, you know, he obviously lost a split decision to uh, Murray and won by a TKO against uh, against Gonzalez. And before that, he had you know two in a two in a row after going to a split decision as well with Vichel. Uh So uh, look, he'll be looking for that big submission. I'm, I'm sure Anderson will be looking to keep it on the feet. But Yamauchi is good on the feet as well. He can hit hard and he throws with reckless abandon because he's he's happy enough to go to the ground. So uh, I actually think that'll be a good fight. It could be a standout. Uh, fight on the card and, and we'll see uh, we'll kind of see where it goes I suppose but uh, yeah that's definitely one in the, in the welterweight division you know wait um, it's hard to know what's going to happen in that welterweight division at the moment um, is Amasov going to be able to fight obviously he's over in, in the Ukraine at the moment fighting uh, you know a real fight um, and MVP doesn't know what's going to be happening next we have Paul Daly fighting uh, Koreshkov 
you know, you Paul Daly says he's going to retire, but I would fancy Kreshkov to win that fight anyway. If Kreshkov does win that fight, where is he going? Could he be next in line, or could the winner of this maybe fight him? Very, very interesting to see uh, where uh, where that goes next. So a big, big fight for both of these guys here, and I think Yamauchi, especially with a win, now uh, would be looking to progress himself uh, right up that division. Uh, next thing we have Alex Polizzi versus uh, Jose Augustus uh, Barros. Uh, Polizzi's nine and one in his career. Seven of them have finished uh, inside the distance. You know, he had a very, very good win last time out against uh, Grant Neal by, by um, a split decision he won before that by Armbar after losing to Julius Anglicus, who fights in this card and who fought for the title last time out. You know, he's a win over... Um, over uh, Rafael Carvalho as well, so some some very very good names uh, on his record. Uh, Barros is uh, you know he's had a few fights in the UFC now. We all remember him, I suppose, losing to Anthony Johnson after a great start last time out. Uh, beat John Wilson in his in his Bellator uh, debut. So um, you know this is a. It's an interesting fight. He's won five of his seven fights uh, by KO, finished all of his fights. Um, and look at light heavyweight. You're probably going to see the, the same again here. Uh, I would say uh, Polizzi, you know, uh, a good fighter. It, 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 look, it's a well-made fight. And, and it, it's hard in that division as well because Nimkov seems to be taking out everyone, you know. And the winner of this could be next. You'd never know. <laughs> You'd never know. Or we'll be climbing the rankings anyway. So we'll, we'll see how that one uh, goes here. Uh, and then we're getting into the big fights. And I like the, the top four fights here. Well, three of them anyway. Um, JJ Wilson, one of the top prospects uh, in Bellator, fighting out in New Zealand. Unfortunately, his last fight fell out, if I'm not uh, mistaken, but he he devastated Pedro Carvalho in uh, his last fight back in 2021. Looked really good against Tywin Claxton as well. Although that one was a, was a closer fight, but he's had some really good finishes. Um, some, you know, he, he's fought in Bellator since his opening fight. He'd one fight over in uh, CCW in the middle of it there. But, you know, he has he has just looked so good seven of his eight fights have finished inside the distance split by three KOs and four submissions so he can do it all and he's one of these guys as well you see him and he's confident and he's cocky and he's athletic and he's fast and he's strong and he can really really do it all uh, I honestly think he might be you know, now that uh, now that AJ McKee is no longer a prospect, I think JJ Wilson might be the top prospect uh, in all of um, in all of Bellator. So it's very very interesting to see uh, how he does here. He's gone in against uh, Gahit uh, Rabadov. Um, watched a bit of him you know he's he's a finisher as well you know he's got um six KOs and five submissions in, in his 16 uh fights fought a lot in uh in Eagle FC which have a card coming up this week as well came to Bellator uh last summer as everyone seems to have done and beat Daniel Carey but you know he's a win over likes Steven Seiler as well who we've known who's been around for uh for a long time and you know he's made his debut all the way back in 2013 so this guy is um uh, uh, you know, a very, very, um, a very, very uh, seasoned fighter, I suppose. He beat like Rabzabov as an amateur as well. He finished finishing with an armbar. Beat Ludovic Klein as well in the amateur. So this guy is a very, very good fighter, um, and it's a very, very interesting test for JJ Wilson. You know, people are maybe expecting bigger or better tests in terms of names for Wilson, but I think this will be a, a tough one as well, and uh, we'll we'll see how he gets on with it uh, in in the uh, the fourth fight from the top. Um, 
Johnny Elbin then against John Salter at middleweight. Obviously, you know, uh, Elbin is 10 0. Salter just fought for the title, uh, not too, uh, not too long, or Eblin even. I always mess up that name. You know, Salter obviously losing out to uh, Gegard Musassi uh, last August was, was a tough one after B, winning three in a row. You know, he beat Chidi and Giacuani, Costello Vanstinas along the way. And, uh, as Musassi has kind of been doing recently, he's been making it look easy at times. Um, but I think this is a, a very, very interesting matchup in terms of how it's going to look on the ground. 10 submission wins for John Salter out of uh, 18 fights. And uh, for, for Eblen, he's 5 KO wins, but a lot of them I would garner have been with ground upon watching a few of his fights. Look, he's one of those guys that will come across the cage push you against the fence and take you down <laughs> fighting out of American top team too his hands are going to be good um, he's a well-rounded fighter but I think he'll be trying to get it to the well having said that right the last <laughs> the last time I was talking Neiman Gracie again who was Neiman Gracie fighting he was fighting a wrestler I can't remember but uh, who was it god almighty I have the worst memory of all time but I was like oh this is definitely gone to the ground and then uh, <laughs> and then it didn't this is another one I think it's definitely gone to the ground but probably won't now <laughs> we'll, we'll see but uh, I hope it does because I think the scrambles I think the jiu-jitsu will be very very good in this um it's, it's tough in that division for Bellator because look the middleweight division all over the world Bellator UFC doesn't matter is not great it's it's a very very poor division in terms of uh, the standard at the moment I would say now there's some very good people like Adesanya like Musasi like Robert Whitaker and stuff like that but it's it's not that deep um, and I think Bellator will be look Bellator won't be praying for anything but they'll be hoping I think Eblen wins here and gets a shot at Musasi and they can uh, put another undefeated guy against Musasi you know Salter's already had that uh, that go at him and it's going to be tough but um, yeah Eblen is one of those push out, drag out type of fighters, and uh, I think against look Salter's like that as well. To be honest, Salter's a tough guy, but I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how how that one goes. And I think that will be. I think look, I think it's one of those fights that'll be interesting wherever it goes. I don't think I would say the same for Phil Davis versus Julius Anglicus. Um, Look, Anglicus, if anyone listened to the last preview I did before his fight with uh, Vadim Nimkov at Bellator 268, I talked about how good he was. You know, he's a very well-rounded fighter. He can do it all. He almost knocked out Nimkov. You know, he hit him with a big, big shot. His uh, performances uh, against, you know, Gregory Millard and Alex Polizzi, who I mentioned earlier on as well, very, very good. And he can, you know, he's a lot of submissions, but he can take the fight long as well and win by decision. He's just a very well-rounded fighter, tough. I, I think the issue he showed against Nimkov a little bit was maybe his fight IQ a little bit, maybe athleticism a little bit as well. Nimkov is an unbelievable athlete. I think Phil Davis will try to uh, partake in that as well. And I think after watching that fight, he'll try to be using his, uh, his wrestling here. Like Phil Davis, you know, he's 37 years of age now, but nevertheless, he's still doing what he's always kind of done. Won four of his last five, only losing to Nimkov. And his last before that was Nimkov as well. And his last before that was Bader. So he's only really losing to champions. You know, he's beaten Yuel Romero, Machida, Albrechtson, McGeary, Vassell. He's, you know, more while Since he's gone to Bellator, he's beaten basically the who's who apart from the champions. You know, lost twice to Bader, lost twice to, to uh, Nimkov. And that those are his, his only losses in Bellator, I believe, so far. So, you know, it's going to take a good fighter to beat him. Is Anglicus a good fighter? Yes. Do I see him winning this? I don't know. It, look, I think for Anglicus, it depends what he's taken from that last fight. I think if he took some positives from it, went back and watched the way he performed 
I think he can. I think he can beat Phil Davis. I think he has the ability to beat Phil Davis. I think he's good all around, and and you know his hand. I think he's a better striker than Phil Davis all around. Now Phil Davis can control very well. He's very good defensively. Very good at controlling a fight, whether it's on the feet or on the ground. Um, and that would be my biggest issue, I think, for Anglicus here. If he loses that control to Davis it will only get worse for him in terms of the loss of control. Now, I don't think he'll, he'll get finished. Look, this is a unanimous decision to Phil Davis written all over. I think that's kind of what it always is. Or maybe a split decision, you never know, with, with Davis. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't think this will be the most exciting fight uh, in the world anyway. Uh I don't think the same could be said for the main event, though. Uh, the featherweight contender fight between Mads Burnell and Adam Barrocks. Um you know, anyone who's watched Mads Burnell over the last few years knows how good of a fighter he is. I remember, um, you know, Paul Hughes was coming up here in the featherweight division in, in uh, Cage Warriors and he's calling out Mads Burnell at, you know, five or six fights into his career. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's not a wise idea at this stage of your career. Mads Burnell in the UFC was a very good fighter. He lost, uh, what was it, Aaron Allen he lost uh, and got released by the UFC, you know, after he lost to Michael Prezeras and Michelle Prezeras and had beat Mike Santiago in the middle and he got released and it was I thought that was ridiculous because he went to uh, he went to Cage Warriors in and he look he submitted uh, Lucas Rakowski who's very good he submitted Ahmad Villa he submitted Dean Truman he beat Steve Amiable who's a gritty fighter on, on the local scene around here um and look, he made it look easy in, in the cage where you're seeing, which few people do the way he and Dean matches. But he gave him his best and brightest and he just walked through him. Uh, and you could see, you know, I remember talking to someone uh, about him on the, on the kind of that scene. And you see sometimes fighters who are just out of place, you know? Do you get me? Like sometimes you see guys coming through and they're better than everyone and then they go up. But there's one guy who kind of comes down and is way too good, and then rises back up, and that's kind of what he's, you know, he's done here, he hasn't got there yet, because the guys he's fighting in, in cage wires aren't a, a massive step above some of the guys he was fighting, uh, sorry, the guys he's fighting in Bellator are not a massive step above the, the likes of Truman and Amiable and Rakowski, uh, but Saul Rogers, obviously a very good fighter, he rear naked choked him, and Emmanuel Sanchez last time out, close fight, but a, but a good win there, look, we all know Mads Burnell, good on the feet, throws big shots, but on the ground, nine submission wins, out of his 16, uh, wins in his career uh, to date and uh, he's so so dangerous there Adam Barrocks you know similarly he's look he's uh, when you look at Barrocks he's he's one of these guys right he he's like <laughs> he's a safe fighter until he's a finisher you know a little bit like Yoel Romero now not the same not like he won't just wait 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 and then pluck out of the air with a flying knee or something like that but he will pluck a flying knee out of the air at the air the hot time he's a good few uh flying knee uh flying knee ko wins as uh aaron pico um and who, who else nikolov knows about here as well uh, he that to me is is exactly what you need to know about adam barrocks he's a good jab good on the feet good at range he's a good long fighter if it goes to decision he beats most people at that range um but if I think I think he's one issue at at that range is if someone can get inside that range and someone can kind of make him pay for not maybe throwing enough or landing enough and you know I'm sure Burnell will be looking to take him down and land some ground and pound. That is a dangerous game to play. Like if you if you land one of those big shots and you knock someone out, all well and good. Or if you land two or three of those big shots each round, you hurt the guy and you know you win the round, all well and good. But what if you can't land that big shot and someone 
is kicks your leg five or six times or someone gets one takedown against you and lands you know 45 seconds of good ground and pound that's a dangerous game to play um and i look that's the matchup here for me i think uh Boris will be looking to keep it on the outside land some big shots burnell will be looking to get inside land some big shots take him down and maybe get the submission and that that's it that's the bottom top of it uh for me here uh and it's a very intriguing fight a very very reminds me a little bit of uh, Dos Anjos uh, versus uh, Mycano uh, last weekend. Now, it didn't turn out that way, but I think the matchup, the way Mycano was jab- was, would be known for jabbing normally, which he didn't do much of, and Dos Anjos coming inside with the big shot, trying to take him down. Obviously, not wanting to get submitted at the same time, but you get me, that sort of fight... I, look, I do think uh, Mads, Bur- or, uh, Mads Burnett will be happy on the feet and will be confident on the feet. I do think Barrocks won't be happy on the ground, but will be confident on the ground as well. And it's not a case if he gets taken down, he'll immediately get submitted. Although it's very, very dangerous and I wouldn't advise it in any way, shape or form. Uh, but, you know, it's a very even fight, a very well-made fight. And I'm glad Bellator put it on. And look, the winner of this, I think, should be fighting for the title next Um Barrocks has has won three in a row now after losing to Darian Caldwell, and he would a pile in a row before that. You know, being obviously seventeen and one, that's his only loss in his career to date. And Burnell, if you beat Sanchez Rogers uh, in a row, and after winning uh, against Darko Banovic in your opening uh, fight in in Bellator after a massive run in Cage Warriors, I think you're right there or thereabouts. And a win over Barrocks means something. A win over Burnell means something. And this fight uh, absolutely means something. So I'm looking forward. Uh, to seeing uh, this one happening on uh, on Saturday night. All right, everyone, that's it from me, Sean Sheehan here uh, for Sherdog.com, uh, and I'll see you all next time.